Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One, two, three, four. You're listening to The Knicks Recap. Your source for all New York Knicks-related content. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. So I I know this might be a little weird because you normally like to see me on the screen, but today I got a guest with me, and he is 13 years in to this (laughs) New York Knicks podcast. If you don't know, I'm with my main man, Jay, from the New York Knicks podcast. And I say again, one of the longest running podcasts out there today. Jay, what's going on, my man? Happy to join you. Happy for some real basketball. Yeah. Yeah. This is is go time. It's go time, man. It is go time. I've been too hype. All right. I have a little too much time on my hands. So I've been making some graphics. Now, listen, you may love them. You may hate them. I want basketball back. You've been doing a great job with those, by the way. I appreciate you, Jay. Thank you so much, man. It's hard work, but you know what? I love the interaction and the fans that, you know, comment on it because that helps me get through the times where basketball is not in my life. Mm -hmm. And the All-Star game made me want basketball even more because that shit show was not only non-competitive, but goddamn near unwatchable. Um I don't know what they got to do to make it competitive again, but if they don't do anything, Jay, I'm worried for what this is going to be. Cause it might kind of be, it's going up there in terms of like one of the worst things to watch for like an all-star type of thing. Like I don't even look forward to it as much anymore. I haven't but. watched the actual all-star game in years. I, I watched the, uh, the three point contest, the dunk yeah. contest I'm almost out on. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And they're starting to make three point contest cheesy with starry balls and like, I don't know. It's too gimmicky now. So. Well, you see, the thing is, the three-point contest took over what the dunk contest was, right? Because if you remember, even in the 90s, you know, dunking was the thing, right? Yeah. Now you get to the Steph Curry, shooting is the thing. So mm-hmm. what's featured more now? The three-point contest. Um, and more people want to join that. And to be honest, it's less embarrassing because it's easier to say, oh, I had an off-night shooting versus I can't even make a dunk in front of my face. So yeah, a lot of talking about Randall's 13 points in the three point shooting contest. Everyone's talking about Sims with his elbow dunks. Or they're talking about uh, Kevin Huerta from uh, from the Kings who had a worse performance. I think he had eight. Yeah, right? that's yeah. like one of the worst. <laughs> that might be the worst I've ever seen in the three point contest. I felt it a way so good, though, because it wasn't Julius. So exactly. I was very happy about the fact that I could say it wasn't Julius. Everyone you instantly know. forgot about Julius. So thank you, Kevin. You know for a fact, had he had the worst record, they would have made a mockery all over Nick's Twitter. It would have been a, the number one thing you saw when you logged oh, in that morning. Absolutely. That's what they do. Yep. Uh, 
But um, listen, man, uh, like you said, I'm very happy to talk ball again. Knicks are playing uh, very, very soon against the Wizards, which I can't wait for that game. Um, so we're going to talk about that, obviously, today. Uh, a lot of good content to cover, really, because nobody's really been talking about basketball, been talking about other things. So it's good to actually have space to uh, talk about this and be a little bit more refreshing, especially with somebody who's been in the game for so long and seen basically every single era. Not really good, kind of good, back to really bad, and now you know, closing in on a playoff run that nobody saw coming. Yeah. So really, that's kind of where we are right now. And that's where we want, and I want to kind of start it off with, Jay. We really never, like, at least for me, and I remember talking to you guys, you and Mark, um, you know, the beginning before the season started. We all didn't peg them as a playoff team. We saw them as a firmly placed play-in team. And now I know we have 22 games left and anything can happen, but I don't know about you, but I, I see them, you know, firmly a playoff team now. I see their outlook maybe ceiling fifth seed, but that's kind of where it is for me. What about you with this Knicks team? Where do you see them now? And have they surprised you for where they are, you know, from what we saw them or we thought we were going to see them in the beginning of the season to where they are now? Yeah, they have surprised me. Beginning of the season, I was thinking they're about 500. They're going to finish probably ninth or 10th. Yeah, maybe win the play-in tournament when we get right. rocked in the first round. Um, <laughs> right. Now it's like, considering Mitch had such a, a long injury right. and not only did they ride that out, he's, he's probably coming back this week. Uh, they, they're winning games without him and it, it can only get better with him on the court. I mean, he's such a huge upgrade over Sims that uh, you got to think this is good. <laughs> they're going to anger those Sims fans. Cause they want to see him play more. They yeah, do. We saw him play enough, but that's, but that's fine. Um, Hart has fit in so seamlessly. He looks like he's been on the team for five years. So now you got Hart and then you're adding Mitch back. Definite definite playoff team. Um, They can, they, they caught Miami. You got to think Brooklyn's probably going to fade a little bit. Yeah. So um, yeah. Four five playoffs or three, six is uh, I, I would think almost guaranteed at this point. Right. I, I think I'm I'm right there with you. I, I think they kind they have the East has gotten weaker given the moves, right? I think we've all seen that. It was a it was pretty stacked. I'm not saying it's not as stacked now, but it's a little weaker. Obviously, Brooklyn, one of the mega teams, has gone completely down. I'm not saying they don't have a chance to continue still being in the playoffs. I mean, they have a good shot with the games they've won already. And then you think about the games that they still need to play. The schedule is a little bit tough coming up, but you know I don't know what Mikel Bridges can do for that team. If he keeps putting up forty-five points like that, maybe they got a shot to you know make some noise. I don't know, but what I can say is I agree. I think the Knicks are going to be the playoff team. The thing is, who do you want to see in that first round? I know we had a question from Nickinator on uh, Twitter who basically asked us the same thing in regards to it, when the Knicks make the playoffs. And I'm going to say when now, fans, because for me it's a firm belief that they're going to make it when they make the playoffs. Who are they going to face in the first round? I don't want to see Philly. I don't want to see Boston and I don't want to see Milwaukee. So it really gives you whoever is going to take that six seed, whether Brooklyn keeps it or, uh, well, I, I believe we're, we're going to be a past Brooklyn. So I think we're going to be in the fifth seed. Brooklyn's going to fall. And I think Brooklyn's going to have the sixth. I don't know if the Hawks make a run for it or who's going to try to take that last spot. But I think that for the Knicks to, to do this right and get a shot to make out of the first round to go to the second round, they got to play the Cavs. I don't see a better fit and matchup than the Cavaliers right now. And how poetic would it be for Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell to see each other again on different teams in a different conference in the same scenario? 
I mean, with the Cavs, if Donovan Mitchell goes off, it's going to be unbearable. It's it's going to be the most annoying thing. Um, I actually think they have a really good chance against Philly. Ooh. I, Why I, do you think that? I don't think they're deep at all. Uh, I think they have um, Maxi off the bench, and that that's about it for their bench. Right. You got uh, Harden, who uh, doesn't have the best playoff track record, and Embiid, who uh, hasn't uh, has, he's had trouble staying healthy in the playoffs. True. Um, and then they're starting Tucker. Like it's not a deep team. Like they're like an ankle roll away from a first round. Exit. <laughs> and I want to be there for that ankle roll. Oh man. Look, Philly. Listen, I, I get the Philly thing. A lot of people actually have told me that, that they believe Philly is the team that they can take to Cavs and Philly. That's what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Harden. You're right. He is not a great number two, honestly, because he will fade. We've seen that before. But his fading usually starts in the second round. It does. It does. He, he's usually a very strong first round. If I actually looked it up. I forget the exact stats, but he has very strong playoff first rounds. I believe he sweeps a lot of the teams when he's on the team. So it's a scare. Again, that's with him. And mm-hmm. he was the core person in Houston. Now we're talking about adding a Joel Embiid. For whatever you want to say about Joel Embiid, he's he's in the MVP running, right? There, yeah. There's a reason for that. Because he's talented beyond belief. Well, for what he does and the slow freaking movements as he falls to the floor, he can fall slow to the floor than Shaq, man. I've, I've never seen somebody fall to the floor so slow. And he does it almost all the time. But uh, even given that, he's a talent, no less. Mm-hmm. So you add those two to the mix. I get that their bench is weak, but their two stars are all-star, Hall of Fame type of players. I think that alone carries them past us. You don't th- you think the Knicks can handle a playoff hard in an Embiid combo? I do. I think the Knicks are really deep defense wise. I think Philly is a really good like in a shootout. Philly's going to win, but yeah. if the Knicks can slow it down and and just grind it out, I, I think they can. I, Rob in the chat room says Knicks in six. Um, wait, wait, over over the Philly? Over Philly, yeah. I could see it. I could see it. It's, oh man. All right. All right. Listen, I don't <laughs> I like Harden either. Offensive I, listen, I don't like Harden either, Jay. But there's no shot that the Knicks are beating Philly in six. I'm sorry. They're not beating them in six. You can quote me on this. They're not beating them in six. Please don't wish this. Please, Nick, <laughs> please don't wish this. Okay? Please don't do this. Conversely, I think I think the Cavs are are deep. And I think they could just keep running guys out there all day. I just who are they running? Who are they running though? What Karis Levert, who can barely make a shot now, and he got relegated relegated to the bench. How about Jared Allen when he sees Mitchell Robinson? How about Evan Mobley when Julius Randle eats him alive? How about Donovan Mitchell when he sees playoff Jalen Brunson again? Listen, man, I love the matchup with the Knicks and Cavs. Not only for the storylines of it, because it would be a great storyline, but just because the matchup works. And the Knicks win those matchups more times than they lose it. They might be deep. You're right about that. But the depth only goes as far as the starters can take them. Because if the starters don't get you anything, the bench is coming in to keep what afloat. They're going to try to get a lead at that point. And you know what? With the Knicks bench and how they're running, and we're going to talk about Josh Hart and what he means, they look more cohesive. I've never seen a defensive sequence from the bench unit that I've seen played more perfectly than the couple of sequences I saw to start the second quarter against the Atlanta Hawks 
and I, and Jay, if you watched the game and you saw that beginning, Obi Toppin looked energized, blocking shots. Mm-hmm. Hartenstein blocking shots. Josh yeah. Hart blocked the shot, grabbed the rebound, passed it quickly for for an open court layup. That's beautiful basketball, Jay. Like, mm-hmm. th- I see. Like, that's why I'm saying I think that you you put them together, Cavs and Knicks, makes more sense than Philly. Like my camera fucking shook because I didn't. It, my the earth is shook when I said Philly. Philly <laughs> and and friggin' Knicks. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't see that matchup favorable for us. I see us. I see us personally losing that. Not because I want the Knicks to lose. Obviously, hmm? the matchup just doesn't get favored. Two all stars. Two and they're playing like all stars this season. And Philly has a way. Like Doc Rivers coach teams have a way. They turn it up just a little bit going into the off season. Mm-hmm. Always um, into playoffs. Excuse me, into the playoffs. Always. So I'm worried about Philly in that regard. I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. I think they could actually make it out of the first or the second and make it competitive, man. I I don't know. I think people are sleeping on Philly, but that's just me. Um, let's uh before we I want to go into more Knicks things. Uh let me fix my camera real quick. I shook the earth. Uh there we go. Um I want to talk about you know more Knicks stuff, but this is kind of Knicks related. Okay. Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. Right. So Melo wasn't signed. We had up till Thursday to add a player. We obviously added Trevor Keels. If you didn't know that, we signed him to a 10-day contract, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that was their second-round pick. Correct, right? And everybody was adding me like, oh, my God, what does it do for this team? Nothing. No. Nothing. He's, 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 he's a Rossi body. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. See? 13 years. See what I'm talking about? He, See how he, I have to say it? He knows. He's new to me. <laughs> right. Exactly right. He's a body for practice. Yeah, that's what he's there for, and situational. If if that makes you feel better, he's situational. Behind God knows how many players. Yeah, he's it, it, the situation is six guys get injured, then he'll play. There you go. So there's there's a hope, very slim, but that's what it means, folks. Please don't get upset about this. They weren't going to sign Melo, not in the middle of a season right now because they feel like they got the nine guys that they think are going to take them to the dance. Yeah, when you feel like you got the nine guys that are going to take you there, why ruin it? Why alter it? Right, move it. You can make the argument right now that their offensive game might take it with Mitch coming back because his offensive game isn't as strong, but his defense is is great and amazing, and the offensive rebounding that him and Josh Hart are probably going to do on the boards are going to be crazy. Like I don't, I don't, I want to see a team do something on us with the offensive rebounding because Josh Hart and Mitchell Robinson in the same lineup, and don't get it wrong, Julius Randle's grabbing you know very very good amount of rebounds this year. That's three people who search and grab and try to grab every single rebound. That's going Hart's to be tough. Hart's an elite rebounder. Amazing. Plays bigger than his, than his size, right, Jay? Averaging eight, eight, over eight boards a game as a shooting guard. That's that's elite. Yeah. That's What? What? Yeah. What? Eight? Come on now. I know centers that can't even average that. We've had centers that can't average that. <laughs> Almost Listen, man. Listen. Uh, we're We're in it. So we might as well talk about it. Josh Hart, man. So I love the signing when we did it. I was a little concerned about the 2023 pick. I'm not going to lie. That did bother me a little bit because mm-hmm. it yep. was our pick. Um, I think I... Draft class, yeah. Right, exactly. Now, I know the Dallas pick, we're going to get that. I know Luca and Kyrie are going to take them there. So I know we're going to get that. The argument, I guess, is where we're going to fall with the draft pick. Here's my thing. Here's how I rationalized it. The Knicks were only going to draft one player of merit to develop. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to draft two guys. And the people who are arguing, well, you know, you still dra- traded a first-round pick. My argument to that is, what did you want to do and what have you lost? Because right. everything you want to do, you still can do. 
there's you haven't lost the ability to do that. You still want those sweetener picks? We have them. You can add them to the unprotected first round picks you're going to need to give up if you want that star. Mm -hmm. So you still have the ability to do that. So I thought if you're looking at it from that regard, and that's how probably the Knicks saw it, they didn't lose anything. They still have a pick in 2023 like they wanted. They're only going to draft one player there like they wanted. They got a bunch of, I think they have two second round picks in this loaded 2023 draft. So again, they get more talent there and they might use that for to move up in the first round again. Who knows? I mean, who knows what they can do with those picks? They can package it with a player and move in. There's so many options that they have. So I didn't mind the pick after I thought about it like that. And what can you hate about Josh Hart now? We're undefeated oh, when he's playing. If if Hart keeps playing like this and and the Knicks keep gelling like this, yeah, that pick they traded away is going to be like the twenty third, twenty fourth pick in the draft. You so, mean so you seeing them skyrocketing up the ladder? That you see them oh, going well, maybe the fourth? If you're saying uh, that, I, I feel like the West is just beating each other up so bad that yeah, um, you could you can move up. Uh, I don't think there's there's no like other than Denver. Nobody who's going to have like a really good record in the in the West. Grizzlies are uh, somebody to watch as well too. I think Memphis is playing well with defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm -hmm. I'd give I'd give them a sh again. They're young though, so that's why they're counted out because they're because of their age. And nobody thinks John Morant could lead a team to a championship, at least not right now. There's been a lot of hate about him in regards to his age and his game and what he can do. But I think the Grizzlies are ready to make some noise. I think they were a Jaron Jackson Jr. away from mm -hmm. making noise, and now they have arguably the best defensive player in the league on their team paired with John Morant. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying Memphis isn't a really good team. I'm saying the Knicks yeah. are on pace for like 48 wins, and that's oh yeah, pretty yeah. high in comparison to the rest of the league. So that that means that pick is just gonna look that much worse. So I wonder what 48 wins gets us in the uh, in the East, where that lands us. I would say that probably lands us at fifth, fifth or fourth. Yeah, if we're around there, fifth with an outside chance of fourth. You know, right? Maybe uh, Cleveland or. Um, Philly gets an injury and they right. go on a, a little bit of a losing streak. And you never know, know. I mean, Cleveland could, you know, turn it around the other way. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't know what's going to happen about that. I don't have this as one of the, the note things here, Jay. So I apologize, but I got to ask, mm -hmm. we're talking about Josh Hart. We're talking about, you know, what he means yeah. and uh, you know, his, his value to the team and what we've seen over the past few games where it looks like the team is responding in such a positive way to him. What's going on with R.J. Barrett? Here we go. I didn't write it down because obviously sometimes you don't like to talk about these things. I don't like to talk about it too much, but I feel like at some point we have to address it. I've addressed it at, uh, you know, at length on my show. Mm -hmm. um, you know, And obviously with the collab here, I think it's good for your audience to kind of hear it as well too. R.J. Barrett, we're paying him. He's going to get his contract this summer. We, he hasn't gotten it yet, right? He's going to get it. Um, once he gets that contract. Well, no, he, make has the, his, he has his contract. Well, I'm talking about like it doesn't like it doesn't start till the summer. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So once guy, though, it's he's getting paid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, he's gonna get paid. So once he's once he's in that contract, right? Which again, of course, we already know he's in it. But once he's in that contract, he'll be one of the highest paid Knicks on the roster. Yeah, and you can make the argument that at this present time, he is one of the worst performing Knicks on the roster. Not only in his efficiency, but also his defense. They both have taken a hit this season. Yeah. And he seems to settle more for the open three, which he's missed. He can't hit. Can't even hit iron. No. If you saw the Atlanta game, he missed two open threes. Couldn't hit iron. Yeah. Um, doesn't utilize his strength, which is the best part of his game. Um, RJ Barrett's been a mess. Uh, and it, somebody has to say it. I'll say it. I don't mind. 
I don't hate the kid. I don't want to trade the kid. But at the same time, he's 22 years old. We understand that. But he's going through a really rough stretch. And I feel like a lot of people are trying to give him a little bit of, you know, and try to take him in. Like, oh, he's a young man. Don't worry about it. He'll get it. He'll get it. RJ Barrett always does this. I don't want RJ Barrett to always do this. I, I, also, I don't want him to do that. It, the season's 75% over at this point. So, like, this is this is more than, like, he starts slow. Like, the season's closer to done. His, his defense is taking a step back. He, his shooting is bad and inefficient. He looks really good when he drives. But like you said, he he settles for threes all the time. There was a, there was a stretch where he was driving every play for a few games, and his efficiency was up. He was looking really good, and then he just went away from that. And um, I know he's only twenty two, but it's his fourth year. It, it that's a, he's got over two hundred games under his belt. This isn't like a small sample size anymore. So what do you? So the thing is, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of comments right now going on with R.J. Barrett. You know, obviously a lot of people are are looking back saying, "Wow, what if we made a deal for Donovan? What if we made the deal for Donovan?" Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you could say what it could have should. I don't like to look back at that stuff right now, but R.J. Barrett needs to. He's really the key piece here because if he turns it on, that fourth seed is there. The, the I'll, I'll say, I'll say is that now. So, so much higher if R.J. Yeah. gets it together. It it changes the whole the whole thing. I mean, end game, you got an extra threat out there. Um, you know, you, you you don't you have to pay attention to him uh, uh, if you're defending the Knicks. Like it, it changes the whole dynamic of every game. And um, really hoping he gets it together. He needs to because that's the key for me. R.J. Barrett is the key that will keep this Knicks team competitive, and he does have a tendency to turn it on during All Star. We've, we, I mean, after All Star break, we've seen that. Yeah. Um. But, you know, I don't want to keep saying that, you know, at this point, I can't, there's no defense for RJ Barrett at this point. Um, we can talk about excuses. Everybody, I've made excuses for the kid, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but there's no defending this play anymore. Like you said, Jay, we're about 75% of the way gone. Yeah. What is there left to say? Yeah. He's taking I, a step back. If he plays at an, an all-star level, the Knicks have three all-stars and that's like, you know, that's at least second round, maybe right. conference finals. Like, uh, I don't know. He, he's, he's the difference right there. I mean, uh, I love Hart, um, but I don't expect his, uh, his really great shooting start to, um, to last like that the rest of the season. We're going to need some other offensive weapons out there eventually. Yeah. And uh, RJ has to be the offensive weapon. Mm-hmm. They're talking about trading for talent. Josh Hart's a talent, but he's not the needle mover talent. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely the person that you want. He's a core guy. He's a core piece, I think, uh, not only because of what he brings off the bench with that energy and that passion, but he's just a really good basketball player. There's a reason Josh Hart was moved with all these major trades, right? Anthony uh, Davies, CJ McCollin, right? They were yeah, moved for star saying, players. You know, oh, he keeps getting traded. I'm like, yeah, teams keep asking for him. That's- right, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what, what do you think? Expect, of course, you're getting traded because teams don't want to trade their star players without a Josh Hart. What yeah. does that tell you? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Come on, man. Uh, let's talk about Jalen fucking Brunson. Let's do it. Jalen Brunson, if he's not your favorite player, he's becoming my favorite player. I guess I can't stop watching this man dance on people. It's been the best show available for the Knicks that I've seen in at least 40, 40 to 50 games, because they were still getting chemistry together. 
yep um and whatnot preseason and everything like that um but the team looks better they look more cohesive they are really driven in regards to when they attack mm-hmm. and i put that into the freaking pit bull that is our point guard in jalen brunson who's putting up career highs and points and, and assists but don't talk about that if you don't want to who got snubbed from the all-star game twice don't talk about that if you don't want to. The guy who is dancing on all your favorite players made Deontay Murray look a little small, mm-hmm. but you don't want to talk about that. Okay, it's cool. <laughs> Jalen Brunson will continue this all-star snub tour for the rest of the season. I have been so impressed by this man. I looked at the numbers, Jay, just for fun and comparisons mm-hmm. of what a number one option and Donovan Mitchell was shooting and doing right now. Do you know that Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell's numbers are scary similar? Like yeah. in everything? Yeah. But but Donovan Mitchell's a number one option, Jay. Jalen Brunson, I heard, was the number three option on a championship team. Am I? The math doesn't add up here, Jay. What are your yeah. thoughts on this? I mean, I, I believe he's now shooting the best three-point percentage on the team. Is, uh, is he... I, I think he is, Jay. Oh, my God. He is um, lethal, uh, about 10 feet from the basket. He's got that little move where he stops short. Uh, he either does a floater or pivots, like draws a foul. It's it's beautiful to watch. His footwork is amazing. Yes. Um, and, and then just, um, you know, some people get on him because he doesn't get enough assists. I would argue that the Knicks don't have a lot of shooters. And if RJ wasn't going 0 for 6 from 3 every game, maybe Brunson averages 7, 8. He's still averaging over 6 assists a game. Career high, but yeah. go ahead. Maybe, maybe averages 8 or 9 if the Knicks had some actual shooters on the team. Imagine Grimes and Barrett hit their shots. Yeah. Might have 9, 10 assists a game. Yeah. You don't want to talk about that, right? Okay. Absolutely. So he, he's been amazing. Um, it uh i'm hoping that luca gets really pissed that he doesn't have enough help now that brunson's gone and asks out and then it's like <laughs> hey we got all these draft picks you guys love trading with the knicks let's do hey. that hey listen man for your mouth to god's ears i hope it happens because i would love to see luca in a knicks jer- that would be the first knicks jersey i pre-pre-order yeah like, that would be the <laughs> that would be that jersey Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this about Jalen Brunson. I- I've had this conversation on my spaces. Um, by the way, everybody who's listening, I do have a space every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. where we talk Knicks live. Uh, I have bring everybody up who listens to the show and we talk just you and I, like me and Jared talking, we talk the same way with me and whoever's great and is good on the show. They make it to the pod that happens after. So definitely check that out. But when I was running these spaces, Jay, I asked the question, is Jalen Brunson a number two option at the very least mm-hmm. on a championship team? Now, in my opinion, based on what I'm seeing, well, my eye test and what the stats are telling me, he's a number two option. At the very least, he's a number two option. Mm -hmm. But some people still try to make it seem like he might not be, even when the numbers are blatantly clear that the people that you may think are number one options, Brunson's doing it either the same or better. So you have to, again, it has to make sense to me. Jay, is, is Jalen Brunson a number two option at least on a championship team? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, his defense has also been better than people have given him credit for. Um, yeah, I, I believe he's playing better defense than Donovan Mitchell. And if they're playing similar offensive numbers, I don't know. What do you, what do you want to take from that? 
And also Jalen Brunson is one of the lead charge, charge getters in the league. I mean, he draws charges like nobody's business. But you guys don't want to talk about that. You want to keep calling them undersized. Bet you ain't talking about the contract anymore. Man, mm -hmm. it's been a long time since I heard that overpaid thing. Yeah. Man, yeah. it's been so long since I've heard anybody say that Jalen Brunson was overpaid. He's making that contract look like the biggest steal in franchise history. Seriously. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. This is a bargain deal for somebody who's arguably an all-star, who's going to make an all-NBA team this year. Like, there's no denying that. Go ahead. Name me name me four, maybe three better uh, small guards on the East than Jalen Brunson right now. I'll wait. I'll wait. Nobody's going to answer that. You're be waiting a while. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to argue it with me, I promise you. Because if you look, if it's going by, if you're even going by the numbers, not even the eye test, you can't argue that. And if you go by the eye test, there's no way you can argue that. Jay already said it. He's a mid-range assassin. As soon as he's in the mid-range, you better watch out. There's a reason he gets doubled as soon as he goes into the freaking paint mm -hmm. because he's unstoppable once he gets into the paint. And if he doesn't make the basket, which he almost always does on those pivot ant ones, which I love to watch, stop, pivot, uh, get hit, take the contact. He's so strong. He doesn't get any credit for how strong he is. Yeah. You know how much contact he takes down there, how much he gets pushed around, shoved down to the ground, and gets back up? There are no complaints for Jalen Brunson in my book. Best signing in free agency this offseason by a mile. It's not even close. Actually, you know what? It is close. The next closest is Isaiah Hartenstein. That's the next closest. <laughs> yep. Okay? Because yep. Hartenstein's playing into his contract. He was garbage during the beginning of the season. He gave an apology, Jay. I'm sorry. I know I've been playing bad. Boom. Lights on. What happened? How did he get like this? He's legit become the solid number two backup to Mitchell Robinson. Jay, what do, what do you think about Hartenstein at this point? It, it's great. Sometimes it just clicks. You know, it's a new team. He's learning a new system, playing with new players, and it took a little bit. People wanted to write him off after like 10 games, and uh, he's he he got it now. And we're, we're, when Mitch comes back, I don't think uh, Hart is uh, going to lose any minutes at all. I think we'll just not see Sims. Yeah. I, I think Hart's played himself into a – uh, a solid role. He's been, he's, he's rebounding, he's defending, uh, uh, you know, he's starting to shoot a little better too. So um, I, I like, I like what I've been seeing. He looks tough out there as well too. Like his demeanor out there has changed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I he looked like, earlier. Yeah. Right. And he was smiling a little bit too much in the beginning, you know, like I've noticed all that now he's just really focused and serious. That's yeah. really altered his game. Like he looks way more into the games now than he was before. So it's, again, it's, it's, it's really good for me to watch that and see that as a Nick fan, because it shows change. And it, for me, it shows why, you know, you had to believe some players sometimes, sometimes they just don't know, they don't got it. And they need to look at themselves. Hart looked at himself and look what happened. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's about you, man. Sometimes if you admit that, sometimes your game gets better. Julius Randall probably had to do the same thing. He's having the best you know season of his career. Yeah. It's yeah, and uh, like we said earlier, having another threat on the court, Brunson and Randall get doubled more than they get doubled on every single play. So yeah. if you have Hart stepping it up and then you have, if, if um, RJ gets it together, you can't double anymore. And then that changes everything. So th there's a lot of potential still a lot of untapped potential at this team. That's the sad part. We're 75% in still untapped potential. We should have figured it out. RJ Barrett really needed to figure it out. He's really the biggest potential that, that we have there. 
Um, as soon as he puts the pieces together, I think Knicks are going to be lights out and they're going to attract a lot of talent once that happens. Well, you maybe a... this uh, Josh Hart thing will also, he'll be like, I'm now expendable. They could just start playing Josh Hart 35 minutes a game. So I better get my act together. You know, I, I posed the question um, and it's good that you said that because we can get into the conversation about it now. IQ, Grimes, and Hart. Mm-hmm. Probably the most talked about players right now in regards to who should start, who should be on the bench, this and that. Yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of people, well, I said this on, on Twitter, I got killed. I, my God, I got killed on this. <laughs> I don't know why I got killed on my take. I said IQ should start. Mm-hmm. I have reasons for why IQ should start. I feel like he's lived out his role on the bench. He's learned what he can on that development. He saw him as a starter, and he did great as a starter. People are going to tell me RJ wasn't in the lineup. I don't care. He did still did good as a starter. And you know what? I trust him to knock down those open shots more than I trust anybody else who Jalen Brunson passes it to. I'll tell you that right now if he's on the floor. So that should tell you something right there. He's way more efficient when it comes to that. Now, people are going to tell me, well, then you sacrifice your bench. Okay. Now, what did we watch Quentin Grimes do in the Rise of Star game? Okay. So we know he has way more game than he ever gets to show with the starting unit. And we know that when you're on a starting unit, your touches and your play is going to get limited. Although I feel like with his game, he has a way bigger bag than we can ever see with him playing with the starters. He goes on the bench. He'll get the IQ treatment where he'll get to run and lead that team, be the centerpiece that that squad is a go-to person for. Like he's going to be the go-to guy for that squad when they're running it. Or it's going to be him and Barrett when they, you know, do the nine-man rotation and switch a player out, right? Yep. They're going to have those two threats on the floor. And he'll have a way bigger bag. He'll be able to play within that potential. You keep him with the starters. Yeah, you'll get good defense. And maybe you'll get somebody who can knock a three down. But he has such a good game. He's such a high IQ player. His assists are great. He's such an underrated play- uh, playmaker. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people couldn't see the switch. And it's like, quickly, you're not losing defense. Quickly's one of the better <laughs> defending guards in the league. You're not losing defense there. So yeah, I saw some metric. It was, I think, Raptor or whatever. He was like number yeah. one in the entire NBA. Like I'm, his, I'm his just defense is off the charts. Yeah. Right. And he's he's took it to another level this season, too. You gotta you gotta admit that. And by the way, you know he's gonna get paid, right? Yeah. So you're gonna pay him what a hundred because he's probably gonna command a hundred million at least, because he's gonna mm-hmm. get vied by other teams that are gonna want him. A yeah. hundred million dollars is probably what he's gonna command. Are you gonna tell me you're gonna pay him a hundred million and sit him on the bench? Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally fine with that, especially if Grimes is going to be streaky hitting the hitting the three. I mean, they're both kind of streaky shooters. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I think Grimes can can do more with the bench, and um, uh, you know, I just I think that starting lineup lethal with IQ in there. It's cr- I don't I see. It's nobody sees that. They see that. Oh, you're going to ruin the bench. What if you unlock the bench? What if they play more? You know, IQ does command the bench a lot, but he commands the bench a lot because he's more of a combo scoring guard. Mm-hmm. We've seen Grimes have no problem making somebody else look better and giving up the ball. So I think you'll, I argue you'll see Obi get more touches with that unit because I, I feel like if you keep Grimes and Obi together, I feel like they have a better connection than IQ and Obi do, mm-hmm. especially because Grimes is a more willing passer than IQ is. Yeah. So I, I think you get you get the benefit just off of that. For me, it makes a lot of sense. If you don't think so, I don't care. I'm just saying. For me, it makes sense. Uh, I like that lineup, but you don't have to worry. You don't have to kill me. You're not going to see it, okay? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Tom Thibodeau is not changing a thing. 
Don't worry about it. You'll see the same lineup tomorrow. I promise. Well, don't worry. I, I propose starting hard over Barrett, and people didn't like that either. But uh... listen, the numbers, the numbers, unfortunately, support that. If you look by the numbers. And you look what Josh Hart's basically done throughout his season with Portland and here, although he played a different role in Portland that he's playing here. Um, they're shockingly surprising. Just saying. I mean, like, it's it's clear to see his his impact. I don't think you'll see that um, just because I feel like Tom Thiddles want to keep more size out there and he won't want to run the gamut of keeping more smaller guards out there, even though R.J. Barrett's not that much taller than um, than Josh Hart. But still, I think, he, I think that's how he sees – uh, Barrett and kind of the same way he sees Randall where he kind of regardless of what happens he'll play him I think Barrett has that kind of similar light underneath him uh, I, I just I see I see Thibodeau see RJ Barrett in that light I think Thibodeau kind of knows that RJ Barrett is a type of player that will respond to benching in a different way I'm not trying to give Thibs any credit though for benching this man mm-hmm. uh, I think players respond to that regardless uh, but I will, we'll talk about Thibs in a second. I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, but, uh, yeah, going back to the IQ Grimes and Hart situation, you said that you wanted uh Hart to start over Barrett. Can you see a situation? I think you said that you could see a situation where IQ could start over Grimes, but we don't expect that to happen this season, right? Like no. that, a change like that will happen until maybe next season. Yeah. The only change that's going to happen is Sims is going to disappear and Mitch is coming back. That's it. That's disappear. Like a uh, Forrest Gump on a bench. Exactly. Yeah. oh god oh man okay all right so let's talk about the um wizards game that we're going to be coming up with soon here so wizards and knicks we got them tomorrow uh it's going to be friday night knicks we haven't seen friday night knicks and god knows how long i'm very happy for that though Mm -hmm. um they might be without beal if i remember the injury report so the knicks will be facing the washington wizards uh the wizards might be without beal he missed the last two practices normally mm-hmm. when that happens you're likely not going to play that game yep uh not gonna lie might be happy without a beal that's a path to victory right there because the wizards have been playing really really well um kyle kuzma guy has been playing for his contract all season putting up career numbers uh christos porzingis also a guy playing for a contract putting up career numbers uh very interesting because i don't think the wizards can pay them both and I don't know how they're going to make that choice. So it's going to be interesting what they do. But they don't have Beal tomorrow. I see this as not an instant win, but it's definitely more winnable without Beal uh, because of what Beal can provide instantly offensively. He's just an instant scoring threat no matter where he is. When yeah. I, if he's coming healthy, sometimes he can come off an injury and drop like 35. I remember there was a game last season, I think, where he did that. He's capable. So I don't want to see him come off an injury and do that to us. I hope he's... I hope he's out, honestly. But if he does play, I feel like the Knicks may have a harder chance winning this game. Uh, people are not giving the Wizards enough credit. They haven't been healthy all year. Uh, they've been out with a lot of injuries. So if they get it together fully healthy, they can make a final push. I'm not saying they're going to get anywhere significant. Might make play-in, but they can give the Knicks a run for their money, especially this play-in team has now made the entire league get competitive in games where they weren't before. So in that regard, it's made basketball a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Uh, Beal's status right now is officially questionable. He's day to day. So um, appreciate you, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, last game I went to was actually uh, against the Wizards, and um, yeah, Kuzma and KP are, are looking good. They're a little worse now after trading Rui. So mm, interesting. Uh, I haven't heard anybody say that actually. A lot of people were saying the Lakers got somebody. 
back gets great, but that, you know, the trade wasn't really helpful for them. Why do you think that? Um, why do I think the Wizards are worse? Yeah. I, I think Rui's a decent player. I, uh, and who'd they get back? Like, I'm trying to think who they got back for that trade. You know, I don't follow so many, uh, other trades besides the Knicks. Uh, not fully anyways. I forget who, I got to look that up actually. I'm not sure who they got back in that trade. Maybe one people in the chats can help us out, but I'm not sure who they got back with that trade. But yeah, but the, the Rui trade themselves, I know they got a couple of second rounders. I think, Tom, Thomas Bryant and Kendrick Nunn. I, I'd call that a downgrade. Well, Kendrick Nunn, is, I mean, he's missed the entire season. I mean, yeah, like that's, yeah, that's not great. And they got a couple of second rounders, I believe, right? That's. Yeah, I'm just talking about like going into the game. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. I guess, I guess you lost the body, I guess there's somebody who can actually play good defense as well too. He's been doing that for the Lakers too. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got it, Jay. <laughs> uh, I'm it. not, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. So I mean, not even if Beal plays, you wouldn't be worried? Didn't have, didn't have heart last time we played. Oh man. Down. Jay. All right. You know, what? I got to throw it back at you now, man. How much is your belief in, in Josh Hart? Like what? Where is your level of belief on a scale of one to ten? I don't think Josh I've Hart. ever bought into a, a a new Knicks acquisition quicker. It's he just he fit in seamlessly. He had three awesome games. The team looked like a completely different team with him there, right? Like, night and day. And uh, Mitch is probably back by Friday. So like, bring it. Yeah. Oh, see what you just said, Wizard fans. Said bring it. Oh, you correction. Shit. Correction. Just Kendrick Dunn, not Thomas Bryant. So yeah. Even worse. Yeah. Even worse. All right. You definitely got it, Jay. I give it to you in your 13 years. You got it, bro. <laughs> I give it to you. Um, let's go into the uh, last part of this before we go to the rapid fire, which I'm going to love as well, too. Um, so we got to talk about the first round, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I know we were talking about it a little bit um, initially, but we didn't really get into the, the whole weeds of it all, right? Mm-hmm. So I know I want the Cavs. I know you said that Philly is good for you, right? We right. can all agree, though, that we do not want in any way Boston or Milwaukee. Yes. We could definitely agree on that. Yes. Okay. Cause there are some fans, some fans mm-hmm. that believe we are a better matchup against Boston than we are against the Cavs. I asked why. Yeah. And they said that, you know, now we have better defense. Okay. Do you understand that the Celtics, have like some of the best shooters around them, right? Their bench has Derek White, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and uh, Hauser, this kid Hauser, who dropped, I forget how many threes on us the last time he played them in the garden. They can shoot, and the Knicks leave the corners open. That's how they play defense. Are you out of your freaking mind? They made the finals last year and got better. That's not a team I want to play. No, that is not a team I want to play. Yeah, Jay, I, I don't know. Um, the other one is uh, Milwaukee because of uh, Middleton. So Middleton obviously has been out for an injury. Uh, when he came back, he st- he hasn't looked right. I think I think that's a fair point. I mean, he hasn't really looked right. He's been putting up some numbers, but they don't look the same as they did before. I don't know the severity of the injury. I don't know if he's like rehabbing it still, mm-hmm. which is possible. I mean, because he may want to just play. But I don't think Milwaukee would have done that with his injury. I think they would have brought him along slow before he started. Yeah. So I don't think that's a feasible argument. I, I think he has, unfortunately, like most players do from injury, it's going to take a little bit of a road ahead before they can kind of get it all back. Um, I don't know what the Bucks right now, but obviously that's Middleton. 
you take the rest of the Bucks with Holiday and and Giannis, that's enough for almost any team to get bounced. So, and I think what have they won? Have they lost like since December? Well, they're like a 13, 14 game winning streak, right? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, Middleton is obviously really good, but it's they're they're crazy deep even without Middleton. I yeah. mean, you still got Crowder, Ingles, and Portis coming off the bench. So, like, uh, it's a really good team. And, right. They're uh, deep as hell, and they, they have championship aspirations. And God forbid Middleton does figure it out. I mean, call that sewn up for the East. I think if that happens, I think they're better than Boston, honestly, because they're deeper than Boston now. I think so the only I think, reason they lost last year was because of Middleton's injury. Right. Absolutely. I give it to that, too. 12-game um, winning streak. Thank you, Stats Guy. 12 freaking games and Middleton's barely playing like he like he should could y'all imagine I don't want that smoke I wish I hope to god we don't see them at all because I don't I don't think there's a there's a way we can beat uh Giannis and them it's impossible day to day they're out we they outmatch us in every way not only with talent but with with the abilities that they have as well too their bench is crazy it's yeah. not even any joke it's, it's their nuts. whole bench is, is a bunch of shooters so it's really it's scary cool. yeah it's 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 scary I'm I'm not there's, I'm not even entertaining that. I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm done. I'm done with that. Just mm-hmm. make sure we all realize that the Knicks are going to play the Wizards. I hope the Knicks do beat the Wizards. They have the best opportunity to Beal is not there. I don't have the highest faith like Jay does that uh, that it's easy or like not easy, but at least winnable in that regard with Beal and them playing. Um, I love Hart, but I need to see consistency for more than I got to see at least 10 games with Hart to kind of make my assessment and my judgment. But mm-hmm. clearly right now it's working. And we're undefeated with them, right? Green That's up. something. That's something to say. So let's go to rapid fire, Jay. I know we got to get out of here. Um, and I want to make sure that, you know, we get uh, the fans what they wanted. They always loved this rapid fire. I can't wait to go through it with you. Are you ready, bro? I am ready. Let's do it. All right. So uh, Nick's going to the second round. Yes or no? Depends on the matchup. Uh, you got to give me a yes or no. Okay, um, so I'm going to say they finish fifth. Yes, second round. Perfect. Let's go. All right. Uh, will Melo retire a Nick? No. Uh, will Tom Thibodeau be fired if they get swept in the first round? No. If they go to the playoffs this year, but they don't make it past the second round, will they make a move for a major star? Yes. I think that's Tibbs's master plan. Um, yep. I, I, I think that's what all those picks are sitting there for. That's <laughs> why I, I Bleacher Report wrote the stupidest article saying that the, the Knicks messed up because they didn't get rid of Fournier and Rose. Why do you think they're there? Those contracts are, make a trade easier. That's, they're going to be throw-ins to match salaries because some players are making 40, 50 million a year now, and the Knicks don't have anybody making in the ballpark of that. So you got to throw in a seventeen million dollar Fournier. So let's ask this then. Let's say that's the, we said second round, right? Yeah. We think they're going to make the playoffs, right? So yeah. they just make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Take it to six games and lose in the first. Mm-hmm. Same question: Do they add a star this offseason? I think that's the plan either way. Same. I Even if too. they make the conference finals, I think the plan is to to get an all star, another all star. Right, and I think they're waiting for that next disgruntled star to emerge mm-hmm. um, or find somebody for greener pastures here. I don't know if they're waiting for Donovan's contract in two years. They could be doing that too. 
Um, listen, man, I don't know. But here's the thing that I want people to understand. The Leon Rose thing, right? And mm -hmm. I've been one of his biggest critics. Mm -hmm. What Same. I can say, though, is that he's been offered deals where he could have moved first round picks, RJ and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. But he had a line in the sand moment. Yeah. And stuck to it. Regardless of this thing happening or not happening or this player not being included or whatever the case may be. He's done this a few times. If you want to believe the reports with Bagley, he's talked about the Zach Levine, uh, Levine interest. You mm -hmm. know, they called, you know, they made an offer, mm -hmm. but you know, the Knicks only made an offer to a certain extent. Which I'm so happy about. I was right. I was frozen in fear for about three hours when those Levine rumors were swirling around. Then <laughs> would not have been good. No, listen, I think we're all out with Levine, especially if it's going to be RJ. That's because I think the age and injuries for me is always a thing. And you know how Knicks fans are. If you've been a fan like me and Jay for years, injuries, trading for a player with injuries brings back some very toxic memories that I don't want to think about. So, uh, yeah, you have to be healthy. And if we have a healthy young dog who barely missed a game, yeah, he's struggling right now. But if he can turn it on like we know he can, and he can finish out the season well and finish in the playoffs well, I think people won't even care about 75%. As scary as that sounds, it's really about how you finish versus how you start, even though we have a little bit of remaining. RJ still has a chance to change Nick fans' mind, but if he finishes out this season barely doing anything or looking just as weak, he'll be criticized not only for the entire offseason, but they'll have even a bigger microscope on this kid, Jay, as soon as he starts the season. He's... Let's be honest. He's the one who's getting traded if they trade for a star. They're not, they're not trading Brunson or Randall. You think you think Obi's going to be part of that deal as well? I see them both potentially, depending how big the star. If anybody wants him. Damn. <laughs> God damn, Jay. You about to end the show. I thought we were talking happier pastures here. And you want to end with that fire? God <laughs> damn. All right. You know what? Let's talk about it real quick then. I got a few minutes here. Obi. What's your thoughts on Obi? You think that he can be the talent that we thought we drafted, or do you think he's just doomed to be a role player? I, I think he he definitely doesn't have the talent that I think a lot of Nick's Twitter thinks. They think if we trade Randall, Obi's just uh, going to be the all-star in his place, and I, I don't agree with that. I do think he has more potential than he shows being Randall's backup. But that's it is what it is. Randall's the guy on the team, and unfortunately, Obi's the backup. And so, whoever the Knicks get as a backup four is going to probably get the same amount of minutes. So, I don't think there's anything we could do about that. You could say, "Oh, we should play small ball," but with iHeart and and Mitch, there's no minutes at the center. So, unless he can uh, get much much better on defense and shift up to the three. It is what it is. And even if he gets better with defense at the three, I mean, you have to be able to shoot when you're at the three consistently. I argue he doesn't even have that. Um, I've been a little critical of Obi, um, of also the coaching staff. It's both. You have to be able to utilize and play plays for your players and how they develop. And Obi hasn't had many of any plays really ran for him. Mm -hmm. um, so, and you can't use Obi like Steve Novak because he's not Steve Novak. So yeah. get out of the corner, you know, but it's also on Obi as well too. I mean, if you don't have the shot, then drive it, you know? Like yeah. you have the ability to do that as well too. But if you think you're going to get yanked, maybe that stops you from doing it. He doesn't have the body either to do a lot of the moves they did in college. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not as strong, honestly. Um, I know a lot of people say he's stronger than his size is. I get that, but his legs are barely anything. 
Like he does, he can't bang down low. And I'm not saying that's his game per se, but you want to develop your game. He should be able to bang if he's a power forward. And you have Julius Randle, the freaking freak of nature with you. You should be able to learn something from him in terms of training. Because if I argue, if he gets stronger, his game gets better. Yeah. I, I really do feel that way with Obi. Um, so I think it's just about conditioning. And then also the coaching staff also running plays for him. Throwing him out there just to run is not development. It's 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 cardio. It's not I mean, the same. It seems like Tibbs doesn't really have any plays. I would like to see more of that all around. Well, I mean, if you're talking about that lack of adjustments, Jay, I mean, we can go on and on in the list in terms of, listen, I'll say it right now. Thibs, as of what we're seeing right now, clearly he's not a bad coach, mm -hmm. but he's hit a ceiling with this team. Mm -hmm. He can only take them as far as they can go. And I think, and I argue that this team unlocks a new level under a different coach, somebody who's not so worried about system ball so much. And they allow the players a little bit more freedom. Mm -hmm. I think when you see that and you have the same commitment on the defensive end, which is possible, by the way, I think you unlock a new level for this team. They play better, in my opinion. But again, it's an opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'll see on a different coach. And I know what I'm seeing on the top Thibodeau, which right now it's hard to it's, it's really hard to put the guy down. And I was one of his biggest, you know, anti fans for him in the, in the, in the whole way. And I, I did not like him in the beginning of the season. Didn't like him during a losing streak. There are moments. But I can't sit here and say he hasn't turned it around. It's like if I give Randall credit, if I give, you know, all these other players credit for doing what they're doing, I also got to give credit to the guy I don't want to give credit to, which is Tom Thibodeau, because he's the reason we're here, right? We're the, in the 60 because he shortened the lineup, right? Yeah, I mean, his offensive scheme seems non-existent. He doesn't have any plays going out of a timeout. Yeah. But players play really hard for him. And he gets a lot out of out of a roster that, I mean, look at the difference his first year with the team. It was almost the same roster as the year before, but they were much, much better. Yeah. Say what you want about his, his point guard situation, but he didn't have a real point guard on the roster anyway. So, like, you know, I can't really blame him for that. The team looked a lot better under Tibbs. He's, he's not like an A-plus coach, but he's a solid B, and you could do a lot worse than that. That's true. Um, and some nights he's a C, especially when he lets a team go on a 10 and 0 run, let our lead go away and not call a timeout. Mm -hmm. But that's nonetheless, uh, either way, um, you got to give him some credit. Like Jay said, good and bad. That's kind of with every coach. And sometimes he has more bad than good, but you have to acknowledge the good sometimes. And the Knicks are winning. We're a playoff team as we speak right now. The season ended today, folks. We'd be a playoff team. Playing Philly. That's, oh God. <laughs> No, I don't want it. I don't care what y'all say. I don't want Philly, okay? <laughs> They're not going to be bad against us. Watch. Harden's going to have the best playoff series of his life if we play them in the first round. I don't want Philly. I repeat, I don't want Philly. Basketball gods, please, guys, do <laughs> not give us Philly. Please. I don't want them. We got two questions if you have a minute. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Absolutely. Let's uh, Greg writes, imagine what happened to Brooklyn happened to the Knicks. Kyrie Harden Durant signed with us and then left us hanging. Uh, can can we say that we won the free agency by not signing them? Imagine us being the laughing stock again if that happened to our team. You what you want to take this, Jay, or should I should I set fire to the room? You let me know. Burn it down. All right, guys. This Nets team, this New Jersey Nets team, all right? I'm not calling them Brooklyn no more. These New Jersey Nets rebuilt their franchise once 
and saw it all crumble down. And that was on the back of old, definitely couldn't contribute any more veterans. I'm sorry. Love KG to death. Pass his prime at that point. Then they actually built a playoff team and leveraged that team to get KD and Kyrie, two players that the Knicks were supposed to get. And those two said, you know what? You thought they were going to burn it down? Watch this. Hold my beer. Set gasoline to the whole place. And then Kyrie said, I'm out. Flick. Burned. And they're like, all right, all right. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Don't worry about it. We, we're calling the fire trucks. And then a bomb explodes. Um, KD goes out. There ain't no more Brooklyn. I'm sorry. When you break your franchise twice in less than a decade, it's an error, not an era. Mm -hmm. They have broken it. They need to go back to Jersey and rethink this. Let Barclay become the music central of New York, okay? We don't need another stadium. We don't need another team. We were good before. We're good now. If this happened to the Knicks... Guys, we were talking about the mellow trade yesterday. Yesterday. You don't, what do you think would have happened? They would have slaughtered us on media. They would have made two stories an hour about how this franchise had been put back 30 to 50 years. They would have not made any, you know, means about saying, oh, they got first round picks. Oh, they got talent. That would have been a understory. Nobody would have even cared. Wouldn't mm -hmm. have been anything. And we would have been talking about this in spaces, on Twitter, everywhere for probably another 10 to 15 years. I feel like the chatter is almost quieted down already, which is which is absolutely insane. They they need to be made fun of way more. <laughs> I created two graphics, man, with the with the I took the little girl out of the photo that's smiling at the fire, and I put Kyrie Irving and Katie there. Okay. Cause that's how I feel what they did to Brooklyn. They ran out, left it to burn. But why are we not talking about it? Why? Because they are the stepchild in New York. And just like they had to push free tickets when both all three of their best players were in the playoffs. That was amazing. It's because nobody gives a fuck about Brooklyn. I'm sorry. Love the borough. Hate the team. We used to, when they first moved here, we did uh, cutting down the nets where we just made uh, made fun of the nets for two minutes each episode. It got too easy. We had to stop. Right. Because you could make fun of the Nets every second if you wanted to. At this yeah. point, there's no, it's not fun anymore. But I don't care if it's not fun anymore. Okay. They need more stories like this. They're an embarrassment, an embarrassment of a franchise. And if it was the Knicks, we would have been shitted on for 15 years, probably. We would have traded for two All Stars and still heard about. You see what those things did, though? They didn't do that. They probably would have been. At the chip fast, or would have, it would have been tainted, everything. So, yes, absolutely, it would have been a bigger issue for the Knicks, and I'm so happy we escaped the dumpster fire, and I get to watch it burn every I, fucking day. I would argue this might be the most embarrassing thing ever to happen to an NBA team. It's hard to find anything else. Three Hall of Fame all-star players, and the best player you got back, no disrespect because I love him, is Mikel Bridges. Yeah. And Simmons isn't even playable. Who? He's playing like nine minutes a game now. It's it's absolutely insane. Anyway, and getting paid the uh, most money on this. Team. It's awesome. <laughs>
Um, and the last question, Andrew says, would you trade for Embiid with his injury history? Yes. Immediately. Immediately. He's in the MVP race for a reason. Immediately. Mm-hmm. You can put Mitchell Robinson in that deal. I'll take him right now. You think we don't need a center that can freaking stretch the floor and play defense? Now, he's not a better defender than Mitch, but it, no, Mitch will never be as offensively gifted than, than Embiid ever. Light years, light years ahead offensively. That's, that's the easiest question. There's no doubt. I would trade Mitch and five, four first-round picks. Hopefully, some protected picks can take the weight off of that. But if they needs to be three unprotected and two protected and you know a couple seconds, do it. Do it in a heartbeat. For Embiid, this team goes from a sixth seed to a potential third seed if you add Embiid to it. Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and Joel Embiid, and Josh Hart. It's a better version of, of Philly. And don't forget, we got quickly. Better version of Maxi. Oops. <laughs> okay. I don't want to say that last. Zion. What is it? Who? Zion? From the Pelicans? You mean that guy who hasn't played in the last 20 I wouldn't games? Do it. I wouldn't do it. We want to trade. Are we asking trade who? for RJ for Zion? Anybody, I'm not trading for fucking Zion Williamson no. at this point. No. Look at his injury. He has he played a full season? No, right? No, I mean, if you add up all three of his seasons, he's a little over a full season. Yeah, no, nah, uh uh-uh. uh, no, 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 no. There's a reason his contract has so many damn provisions in it. Yeah, no, nah, bro, listen, he's a talent, and when he's healthy and he's with that Pelicans team, they look like a playoff team. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that, but. You want that injury history? I'd rather take KP's injury history at this point. I don't want to trade for anybody with injury history anymore. We've seen, we've had 20 years of this. I'm done with it. Yeah. And I'm not trying to go for those bargain bin deals, man. I'm sorry, man. Those deals never work. They never work. We've seen it too many times, Jay. They never work. We always get the fucking end of the stick and we always get fucked over. It's not, I'm not doing it anymore. I agree with you, Jay. If it's not a star or it's not somebody that we know is a perennial star, like a KD who went down injury, but like he's fucking KD. Yeah. Like those type of guys, I'll take you any day. I don't care. I don't care. I'll take you. All right. But there's a line to this shit. All right. Please stop stop making Zach Levine in my mentions. Please stop doing it. I don't want Zach Levine. I don't care if he's balling out right now. The next injury to Zach Levine is his career. Okay. The next injury Zach Levine has, if it's to his needs, his career is over. He won't be the same player anymore. He'll have to adjust it with shooting. And if you think Zach Levine can shoot it like Kobe Bryant, good luck to you. Okay? <laughs> Not going to happen, but good luck to you. Anyways, that's going to do it for me. Jay, you have any more questions from the uh, from the squad over there? Nope, that's it. Uh, the Knicks recap on Twitter. Keep those awesome graphics going. Love them. <laughs> I appreciate you. I definitely got some heat coming. Uh, I had Jericho Sims one out where he's asked Forrest Gump, which I love because that's exactly where he's headed. Just tied to the bench with like Forrest Gump. And uh, I just created one for uh, the late, great Biggie Smalls with uh, Jalen Brunson because there was no way in hell I could see a Jalen Brunson Afro pick and not put him on the Ready to Ready to Die album cover. It was yeah. one of my favorite graphics to do. So <laughs> I appreciate the love. Uh, definitely follow if you're not already, not only at the Knicks Recap, but definitely follow um, at the New York Knicks Podcast as well, too. Again, their at's going to be on the screen. Definitely give them a follow. Love and support is free. Um, we're gonna do this again once Mark is back, so we can, you know, have the whole crew together and uh, do a whole recap show. I'm not sure when that's gonna be, but um, you know, I'm sure we're gonna get together uh, with that. Also, I have an Ian Bagley uh, interview next week, March 3rd at 9 a.m. Uh, him and I will be chopping it up about the Knicks, about the NBA. I'll be asking tough questions and hopefully getting some uh, some great answers for you guys. So definitely check that show out and a lot more good things to come. So 
really excited and I can't wait. But don't forget, Nick fans, to like, subscribe, and follow us. We'll see you later, guys. Peace and love. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.